Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Yo, Russell Wilson trips me out, bro. <laughs> He's an interesting cat, man. I know I told my story at least twice on this radio station about meeting Russell Wilson the one time I was around him. We, we're, I think we're the same age. Um, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he's 34. I'm 34. So we were the same class in high school. He played quarterback. I played quarterback. I've said to you multiple times I was not that good. But I was good enough to get a scholarship out of high school, and I was good enough to get recruited by Division I schools. And I met Russell Wilson at UVA. And if you've ever been to UVA, I don't know if it's different now, but if you've ever been to UVA, you understand what I'm talking about with their practice fields. Now, they have multiple practice fields, and then they have this one practice field that's up on a hill. And up on the hill is where uh, they were bringing, like, the elite of the elite to, like, run seven-on-seven and run one-on-ones. So I had went to UVA with my high school and we went and entered their seven-on-seven tournament. I played quarterback, and I think we did pretty well. Um, but when I was trying to get an offer from UVA, I, I told them I'll come in as an athlete. I'll come in and 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 do whatever. And that was from the that advice came from Al Golden. The advice from Al Golden was, "Hey man, like they they have you know they have a ton of quarterbacks here. I want to say Ryan Mallett was there too. Uh, what year was Ryan Mallett?" Yeah, Ryan Mallett is also 34. So it was Ryan Mallett, Russell Wilson, and then I ended up getting in the quarterback group, but I was bouncing around. I remember I, I even had a pick up there because uh, I played a little bit of, of of corner, just ended up you know running down the field with a guy. I remember, I'll never forget that. <laughs> the ball was in the air, and I, I, I caught the ball almost like a punt. I should have caught it in the air with my hands, but I jumped up and caught it like with my chest. I'm like, oh, that's a dead giveaway that you don't play corner or receiver, really. Quarterback. But in the quarterback line, we meet a young Russell Wilson. And I'll never forget, Russell Wilson was wearing a number 11 Miami jersey. I don't remember if it said Ken Dorsey, like Dorsey on the back. I think back then it they just had blank jerseys. He's wearing a number 11 Miami jersey, which I thought was weird. You're at UVA. And I think the rumor was, like, Miami was going to let him come in and play football and baseball, and that's what he wanted to do in the ACC. But then that didn't happen. He ended up going to NC State, playing football and baseball. But the one thing I remember about Russell back then is he was dead quiet, but he was also dead accurate. Like, every pass he threw, I just remember being like, wow, this dude is putting the ball on guys' face masks. He's throwing the ball at these guys where if they don't catch it, it's going to bounce off their chest or their face. 
And uh, he was legit. He was, you know, five-star recruit. And I remember also that, um, you know, he lost his dad in high school. And so I, I remember feeling bad for him at the time. But I always do remember that, um, you know, to, you know, see what he's become. And I know some of you guys remember when he got drafted, he was dating the girl out of Wisconsin, right? He went to NC State, and then his last year he went to Wisconsin as like a graduate or a fifth-year senior or whatever. Um, and he was dating this blonde chick, and there's always this photo around that goes around around draft time of her like screaming. And I think he was pro- like proposed, like engaged to her. And there was some other scandal with like Golden Tate. I think she hooked up with Golden Tate when they were both in Seattle. And he broke it off with her, and then he gets with Sierra, and then he becomes another level of stardom, and who knows, man. He ends up going to Broncos country, let's ride, and he signs a $240 million contract extension. Or I think it was uh, yeah, his Russell Wilson's new deal is worth $245 million and includes $165 million guaranteed. How do you sign that deal and then come out and perform the way he's performed this year? Something is wrong there. I don't know if it's Nathaniel Hackett. I think it is. They're a mess in Broncos country. There is no riding in Broncos country this season. They thought they were. Honestly, they went and got Nathaniel Hackett, who was the coordinator with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Obviously, you see the disconnect in Green Bay now without him. But I think they went to get Nathaniel Hackett, thinking that that would lure Aaron Rodgers to Denver but then they end up getting themselves in some trouble too because then Brian Flores wanted to interview for that Broncos job and they they hired Nathaniel Hackett very quickly and it was like they they didn't really give him the time of day. You guys remember, I don't know. The NFL is crazy and bogus, but that's where we are. So from Russell Wilson to Zach Wilson, I think I said before the break, Russell Wilson has a high price tag. Zach Wilson is a high draft pick, but nobody respects either one of those things in the locker room. And me being a, fo- a former football player, I, I know that. You know, I-, I know. It's about what you do in practice and then what you do on the field. And with Zach Wilson, do you think this Jets defense didn't know that he was what he was? Like, you think they didn't see it in practice every single day? They did. They kind of told you. And and the receivers, right? I remember Garrett Wilson talking about, uh, you know, Flacco and the ball, how he throws the ball. I've told you my Flacco story. Flacco played at University of Delaware. My second scholarship came from Delaware. I didn't go there because I heard through the grapevine, hey, Joe Flacco is transferring from Pitt here. He's going to be the starting quarterback. Okay, well, I'm not going there. And then I end up facing him uh, when I was a third-string quarterback my sophomore year at JMU, and we're warming up. The quarterbacks are on the field first, and I'm like, this guy's a monster. And he's throwing the ball. I can hear the ball coming off his hands. And then he had a run that he broke in that game. Go look up, I think, like 2007. Was it 2000? Yeah, 2007, JMU at Delaware. He broke a run down the sideline, and he ran past me on the sideline. I'm, I'm, you know, signaling plays in with a headset on as third-string quarterback, and uh, he broke a run. And when he ran by me on the sideline, I felt the air go by, go by me when he ran, too. I'm like, Joe Flacco is legit. And then he goes on to become Joe Flacco. But <laughs> in that Jets locker room, they knew who Joe Flacco was. They knew who Mike White was. I don't think they ever really thought Zach Wilson was the guy. But as the number two overall pick, 
You got to kind of pretend and put on appearances. Elijah Moore wanted out. Why do he want out? Not because he wants to leave New York. You saw how he took the podium after he got his first touchdown. He's got the designer shades on. He's talking about how he talked to the ball, how he missed being in the end zone, how you you don't weather the storm, you become it. Look at this guy. He got a swag back all of a sudden because Mike White's throwing the ball. Garrett Wilson, two touchdowns, swag back because Mike White is throwing the ball. Excuse me, not Zach Wilson. Sorry, you know. I already told you. The time difference was in London. It's really 5 a.m. for me. (laughs) But, yeah, so then you have the New York football Jets. Back in black in MetLife last week, led by Mike F. and White. And I don't think anyone should have been surprised that Mike went out there against the Bears and looked like an NFL quarterback. Zach Wilson has never looked like an NFL quarterback. And he kind of... You know, wrote wrote a check that he couldn't cash coming out there and telling the media, I believe nobody outside of this room knows what they're talking about. No one. No one. There's no one that knows football. It's it's not hard to look at Zach Wilson and tell, oh, this guy came out of BYU. If you listen to me, I always refer to that game against Coastal Carolina, a team that I played against against JMU and Monmouth. Both schools that I played football against played against Coastal. And they punked him. They had that whole benches-clearing brawl uh, because someone took a cheap shot when he threw a pick. And I'm like, this guy's coming out of BYU into the NFL. I told you he skipped a step, right? He didn't even learn the basics. He skipped his gen ed courses. You got to learn the basics as a quarterback, be able to run the offense. And this guy thinks he can just run around and make plays and scramble and, and, and find a completion. And a lot of times he's finding interceptions. But then stands in front of the media and says, oh, I feel like you guys don't know what you're talking about or nobody outside of this locker room knows what they're talking about. No, Zach, in there, that's the last place and only place they will build you up. The rest of the folks that watch football, we're watching you airmail screen passes. We're watching you have terrible mechanics. That's what came out today. I was watching clips today. They're like, oh, uh, you know, he's doing drills to get his footwork right. Good. Start over. Start with the basics. Zach Wilson has to... Get back to the basics. At 23, this guy told the media that they don't know what they're talking about. Okay, that's a quick way for the media to come for you. And then after you play like trash, you say you don't owe your defense an apology. And then when you get benched and you're inactive, you're literally inactive. You're out there with your hood up, uh, looking like you'd rather be anywhere else in the world, not supporting your teammates. That, you know, I I said I didn't want to use the word B-U-S-T, but that kid is looking like a B-U-S-T, and the Jets can't go back to him at this point. They have to ride the rest of the season out with Mike White, and that's fine because at least Mike White looks like a quarterback in the NFL. And Mike White came out and said, everybody that straps the pads up belongs here. Everybody that's, that's in the NFL belongs here. Zach Wilson, I think, is the guy that ended up defaulting into his position. And I told you as soon as we saw him in preseason, that throw he made in preseason that the linebacker picked, I'm like, that is showing me a kid that hasn't grown from year one to two. And then he runs and he gets hurt and then he misses the whole preseason. He didn't get a chance to really learn. So I don't know what anyone expected. It was just a matter of time before the Jets caved. And the Jets were the last to cave because they're the ones that chose him. But now there's no looking back. Mike White just showed you it's not Mike LaFleur. And there was an uh, episode of one of my shows that I did, or I don't even know if we go, a program that I did where I, I went and looked at Mike LaFleur's background 
And I started to question him a little bit. Like, Elmhurst College? Where'd this guy come out of? Oh, Robert Sala gave him an opportunity? Maybe maybe he's in over his head. No, he's not. His system works. You just need a guy that can do the, the bare minimum, the basics. Hand the ball off and complete a couple five, ten-yard routes. Read a defense. Get your pre-snap read and go through your reads. One, two, three, get the ball out. And Mike White is going to do that for the New York Jets. And uh, he goes from having to face the Bears, which I'm glad that they didn't go with Zach Wilson against the Bears because there's a chance that Zach Wilson made some plays against the Bears and then they never would have benched him. And then you ride into this Vikings game and you have a letdown or something like that. No, they, the, the Jets made the right move. They didn't go to Flacco. Flacco was early in the year when Zach went down. They go to Flacco. But this time around, go to Mike White. The kid is 27. Used to be with Dallas. Dallas, I believe, drafted him. Or maybe he was undrafted. No, Dallas drafted him. He's not a... Uh, was he? How old is he? 27? You know, he hasn't, hasn't been around that long. But, you know, he's he's not... If he if he had, and I'm sure you guys have heard everyone talk about, you know, Zach Wilson and Mike White, but if he had the status that Mike White had, people would be talking about him differently. And I kind of like the story for the rest of the year, right? If Mike White is the quarterback that ends up taking the Jets to the playoffs, they end this playoff drought, and somehow Mike White wins a playoff game, he is an instant legend. Let's go to Freeport. What's up, Vernon? You're on the fan. Hey, Keith, how's it going, brother? Good to talk to you. You too. Uh, real, real quick, uh, Jets, happy Jet fan. Uh, everything you just said, I totally agree with, with Mike White. I had called in last week to the fan. I spoke with someone. I forgot which show it was. But my point to them was just that, one, the Jets need to develop Zach Wilson, literally from the bottom up, footwork, mechanics, everything. And then they have to also develop him at the podium. They have to talk to him about those press conferences. Mm-hmm. He just clearly shows you a sign of immaturity, Keith. That's all it is. Now, they drafted him. They took him number two. They took him over Justin Fields. They have to figure it out. You can't bust with Sam Donald and then bust right behind that with Zach Wilson. Now, what I really would like to see them do, before I try to get to judge real quick, what I would really like to see them do, honestly, though, is let him sit out the rest of this year. Let him watch from the sideline. But I want them to go after a, a, a proven quarterback next year. Proven. Garoppolo, Carr, somehow trading for Aaron Rodgers. And still keep Zach Wilson. He's nothing on the salary cap, Keith. Right. He doesn't hurt them. He can sit down and learn. Take a, take a year. Pat Mahomes, sit behind uh, 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 Alex Smith and learn. Learn the right. game. That's, Have a mentor. That's a mistake that's the Jets made in the beginning. Plateau. You draft a kid like that and you bring him in and just think he's ready to go. I, I've said a bunch of times they didn't have a Josh McCown for him to watch and learn. They they just exactly. thrusted him into it. And you know what? It's just like any other kid. And that's what you said, the immaturity. He's 23. Any other kid that you just anoint as the savior, as the – of course, he's arrogant. And there are grown people looking at him like, you're going to learn the hard way. And he did. Like, Exactly, and he had to, and it's cool. CJ Uzama, he just he, he had a he was on somebody's show. I forget who show it was, but he talked about the, the the fact of what the locker room and how the locker room felt about him, and he went into detail about how he called uh, 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 Zach Wilson and and he texted him and he let him know how the locker room felt and told him you got to apologize. Now after he got benched, he came back 
and he did apologize. And Uzama talked about how they all lined up, even though he was benched, right before Mike White got the start, and the whole locker room came and they dapped him up, and they said, we appreciate you stepping up like a man and apologizing to the whole team, not just the defense, to the whole team for that arrogant attitude. So maybe he's learning. Maybe he's learning. But I still don't think he should touch the field. I still don't think he should touch the field, even if Mike White fails. I don't think he should touch the field because this defense deserves a shot at the playoffs. Yep. Just a shot. I'm not saying it's a Super Bowl caliber defense. You hear people say that. They're a playoff-ready defense, though. End the drought. It is time to end the drought. Exactly. They're not putting putting Zach Wilson back out there. They can't. And I I don't think they should. Because, like you said, if Mike White just doesn't make the critical mistakes, like he almost threw a pick in that game against the Bears. But it didn't happen. So almost don't count for anything. But at the end of the day, if he plays professional football, just smart, decent football, we don't need you to be – Aaron Rodgers or or, or Dan Marino or anybody great. We need you just to be Mike White, make the easy, easy like Salah said, and I'll take my chances with the defense. But really quick with the Yankees before you cut me off, I'm a lifetime Yankee fan. I love your takes on the Yankees. I I love listening to you when you go to the games and everything else. But at the end of the day, Keith, I'm sad because I really think we're going to lose, Judge. Honestly, in my heart, I feel it only because – a team like San Francisco, and even those creepy Dodgers, because they're, they're sneaky. They'll wait till the you know the, the last hour and they'll sneak in with a, with a crazy offer. But at the end of the day, the Giants have nothing to lose and everything to gain. And I don't believe that Howe's going to break the bank, Keith. I really don't. And I think if they go ten years, forty million, we're out. We are out, brother. Yeah. I don't see us going that high. I don't see us giving him the ninth year. We didn't even want to give him eight. We didn't want to give him eight. And if they go nine, ten at 40 a pop, bro, kiss him goodbye. And we got to figure it out. We got to go. Uh, I, I, I don't know what they're going to do. Because I got every 99 jersey possible, Keith. I got the spring training. <laughs> I've been waiting to buy, I'm gonna buy that 99 the, jersey the when they sign him. <laughs> I got them all. But I don't know what we're gonna do because after that we're gonna sign him. They're not gonna. They're not gonna let him go. Dude, from your lips to God's ears, brother. From your lips to yeah. God's ears. They know. I, I, I'm scared, bro. I'm scared. I gotta tell you. Don't be. Don't be scared. Just. Just be sure. Be confident. Thanks for the call, Vernon. And I'll speak on that. Why am I so confident? I wasn't when the season ended. I wasn't even. You know, as Judge was accepting his MVP. And I didn't, I didn't like the fact that he's, uh, you know, in a video walking into the hotel and he's kind of winking at the, whatever. None of that matters, right? Here's what matters: the Yankees came out and they re-signed Anthony Rizzo. That to me is a bargaining chip with Aaron Judge. That's his best friend on the team. That is one of the only World Series winners on the team. That is a left-handed bat in Yankee Stadium. That is a first baseman uh, that cleans up all those mistakes, whatever. He is a part of the Yankees now, leading the Yankees now, and the Yankees winning now. They went and got him. Then the reports that came out around, like, the Dodgers offer for Aaron Judge made me believe that they're not serious about actually landing Judge. Um, I think it was something like, they were trying to hit him with a like four or five year deal for under three hundred million, but like higher AAV or something. I think it was like something like 
200 and, and and I don't know the exact number that that came out, but it doesn't matter because I think these I think these numbers right now are all rumors and fake and they're all being used in the negotiation and and we got to go to break, but uh, everyone that's on the line, stay on the line. I'll get back to you. We still have U.S. soccer to hit on. Obviously, Judge, Mike White, Zach Wilson, Russell Wilson. Uh, we'll do that in the next half hour that I have. But I'll say this about Judge and where we are. Judge went over there. They could have gave him an offer that he couldn't refuse. Hey, here's an offer. You take it and, and you don't leave without signing it. They could have blown him away with the offer that Vernon just suggested. Here's 10 years 400 million. It didn't happen. It's a huge if. I think we are all dealing with these ifs. There is no if with the New York Yankees. They print money. And they understand they're going to print more money with Aaron Judge. They're ready to sign him, make him the captain, and then go add to it. Hal told you he's willing to sign Judge and do more. And not Rizzo. Rizzo, I think, was... Like, everyone knew Rizzo was going to come back. There was a rumor that the Astros were interested, and as soon as that rumor came out, the Yankees signed Rizzo the next day. He's their guy. They have the money to sign him. I don't think I don't think he looks at San Francisco like a better place for him to win a World Series or compete, and I don't think San Francisco really has the money to go all the way and uh, back and forth and toe-to-toe with the Yankees. I think we'll be fine. Keith McPherson on the fan, man. The winter meetings are coming up. Stay on the line. If you're on the line, we got to break it down, and we'll be right back. All right. Let's get right back into it, folks. Keith McPherson on the fan for this next half hour, and then Sal Licata comes up. So maybe uh, I'll cue up some things for Sal because I know we're not going to have all the time to hit on everything. Uh, I'm reading about the winter meetings. I was able to track down where that rumor came from uh, about the Dodgers offering judge, and it's nonsense. It's bogus. It was from Hector Gomez on Twitter, who is a Dominican Republic reporter that has also put out some bogus stuff, and it said that the Dodgers offered him a $214 million contract like a week ago. I just Like I said before the break, it is rumor season. It is rumor time. I guess this passing rumor today is, is valid. I don't think it was tweeted out by passing. I guess it was in an article or spoken. I do feel like that is legit, though. Eight years, $300 million from the Yankees. I don't feel like a $215 million contract is legit from the Dodgers because why would the Dodgers even do that? You know Judge isn't signing for that low. So that's just something to throw out there for retweets and, and attention. Uh, I didn't give it too much attention. I, I do feel confident with the winter meeting starting, man. You got to feel confident as a Yankees fan too, uh, because judges judges is, judge is, is going to sign with one of or of two teams, the Yankees or the Giants, and I think we get closer to finding out what the Giants are willing to do. And I think once we find out how high they're willing to go, then we'll know where the Yankees got to go, and then it's done. And then also in cash, we trust. And whether you hate Cashman, whether you don't feel like he's the guy for the Yankees to run the team or to build the next team or whatever. He is the guy, and he is respected by his peers. And when he gets into this winter meeting setting, winter meetings, man, it's it's a place I've wanted to go forever. When I came out of the fan cave, I remember there was a job fair in 2014 going on there, and I wanted to go to the job fair. Didn't get there. Um, I remember like two or three years ago, John Boy and Jake went out there from John Boy Media. They covered the Garrett Cole signing. And they kind of set up shop on like a radio row type setup. I was like, man, that's, that's got to be super cool to be there with all the reporters in baseball, the GMs, the agents, 
while everything is being talked about, everything's going down, and there's whispers. Oh, Garrett Cole, Garrett Cole's going to sign with the Yankees. What? It's between the Yankees and the Angels. The Angels offer this. Supposedly, the Yankees are willing to go up to $324 million. Yeah? Yeah, news is going to break in a little bit. Passon's got it first. Like, that, I think, is awesome if you love baseball. And that is coming up. Sunday to Wednesday, the winter meetings are going to happen. And right here on The Fan is when we'll really start getting into those conversations and we'll have something. So let's put a pin in that. Let's go back to the conversation around the World Cup, U.S. soccer, uh, Iran. Coming up Saturday, United States versus Netherlands. Uh, on the line is Casey from Park Ridge. You got it, Casey. Go for it. All right, thank you uh, for taking my call. I just want to say, you know, I uh, had the opportunity to work and, and live abroad. I uh, spent a lot of time in Europe and the Middle East. And it, it's like you were saying earlier, I know the conversation shifted, but, um, yeah, our, our best athletes aren't going into to soccer. Um, but, you know, I, I have a young nephew and, you know, a little bit exposure to my kid. You know, soccer's getting big here, um, and maybe it has been for a while. But um, I, I really think that our time is coming. Um, these kids, you know, every weekend there's a travel ball tournament, hundreds and hundreds of kids. Um, I, I just think that uh, as we become more, seri- more serious and continue to open to the world, you know, we're going to get better and better. Yeah, I think we're seeing that now. And it's like I, I mentioned, thanks, thanks for the call, Casey. What I mentioned was like I remember – watching the World Cup in like 2006, 2010, not so much, 2014. But I remember hearing that like, hey, U.S. soccer, they're working on it. You know, give it a couple years. There's programs and there's initiatives to get younger people into soccer and to find the best talent and develop them. And I think this year in 2022, we're seeing, okay, like the United States is one of the youngest teams in the tournament. So that means in four years from now, a lot of these same guys are going to be back with the experience of playing in Qatar, and then they might even have some new talent added that is emerging right now. There might be some kids that are 18, 19, 20 that in four years join the team. So, you know, the United States, man, in in the future might be a powerhouse. Who knows? In the deep future, because we're already in the future where they said we'd be competitive. And I remember when I was younger, the United States wasn't that competitive. It was like a miracle if the United States men's team won. The women, that's different. But the men's team, when you know, in the 90s, in the 80s, you weren't growing up trying to be a soccer player in the United States. You wanted to play basketball. You wanted to play baseball. You wanted to play football. And, and that just is what it is. But now, yeah, like the callers just said, there's travel teams. I feel like now every young kid is on a soccer team. I, never, I didn't play organized soccer at all. The first sport I played organized was baseball and then basketball, and then football. And and I end up being best at football. But it, I, that also came out of American culture and the Super Bowl and watching Sunday NFL football and playing Madden and collecting football trading cards and, and wanting to be like the players that I saw on TV. I didn't see any soccer on TV. I don't think MLS was even around when I was younger. It was NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL. But now... Things have changed, and now these kids are different, man. These kids now, uh, maybe you know, maybe they want to be soccer players, and that's cool because we don't want. I think it's backwards, right? We don't want the United States to be a doormat in anything. We're, we're supposed to be United States. That's something I was thinking too when I was overseas. Uh, man, I was thinking about Brittany Griner. I went to Amsterdam, and I got on a plane from London to Amsterdam, and flew back, and 
Obviously flew out to London, and man, the security, they're checking. Like, when I came out of Amsterdam, the, the, the dude saw me walk through the metal detector thing, and then he legit put his fingers in my pants. So I'm like, bruh, like, chill. I remember I was laughing. My wife was like, why are you making a scene? I was laughing. I'm like, this dude just put his, like, fingers all through my waistband checking to see if I had something. I'm not trying to be Brittany Griner. I don't have anything on me. They're going to have a 30 for 30 on Brittany Griner. That's a cautionary tale. But, like, <laughs> what I'm talking about is the the difference between, like, how we see things, do things, and how the rest of the world works and the country works. It's shifting. And, uh, man, I, def- I definitely felt some different things. I can't I can't grasp them now because, I, I got literally, my brain is fried from the traveling and, and the time difference. There are definitely some things over there that I was just like, we don't do that in America. We don't do that. Like, oh, like, I don't know, like, just the metric system and like our measurements for things. And, and, you know, just like, why, like, why don't we do this? I don't know. I went over there. I went to see black Panther over there and the nearest movie theater I went to was super cool. It was like, I sat on a couch. I I had a mojito, some popcorn and they had like a full menu. I'm sure they have those here in America, but it was like, I just waltzed into this place easy to, to go see a movie. It was, you know, just a different vibe, man. They do things a little differently. Um, Anyway, back to the conversation because I don't have a lot of time. I have to keep it moving. We're talking Judge. We're talking Jets still. Let's go back to the Jets conversation before we go back to the Judge conversation. AJ in Bloomfield, New Jersey, you're on the fan. You got it. Hey, what's going on, Keith? What's up, man? I'm good. How are you? Fantastic. Good to be back. Uh, Just, you know, trying to recalibrate a little bit here. I I called in week one, and um, I talked about the Jets, and you said that – they weren't gonna do anything, and look at them now, seven and four. Um, maybe. I, let's pull up that audio. I wish. Um, I just, I don't know. If I said that, I don't know exactly how I said it. I can't really recall. But I don't think anyone thought that the Jets would be seven and four at this juncture. I don't think anyone thought that the Jets, with Joe Flacco at the time, were gonna rip off wins. Um, I didn't. I did. I don't know. I don't know exactly what I said, so I can't really go back to that. But I'm. I'm glad. I root for the Jets. I, I want to see the Jets end the drought. I, I don't wish uh, for them to not do anything. But if I had to put a bet on it in the beginning of the season, I was not betting they'd have one of the top defenses. I was not betting that they'd win seven games. And just imagine if 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 Reese Hall was healthy and Zach Wilson was playing half decent. They'd have they, a better record, be man. They should have beat the Patriots next, twice. Next they should have nine wins. They should be nine and two. Especially after that choke in New England and and just a lot of games that they they've played badly more than more than they should have. They're going to be better for years to come. Shout out to Rob Sala. Thanks for the call, AJ. I mean, Rob Sala is the one that deserves all the credit. He said he was keeping receipts and. Fans lit up saying, oh, I got a receipt from all the jerseys I've bought and all the games I've gone to and this team being blown out. He was right, though. He knew what he had in front of him. He also knew what he inherited and what he was doing to change things. Uh, you can't be mad at that. I don't think there's one person that, um, you know, predicted the Jets not being as good as they are that won't say, hey, I was wrong about that. I want to be wrong. Locally, I root for the Jets. I was going to Jets games when uh, it was Geno Smith versus the Dolphins on Monday night in the rain. I have, you know, a few Jets games in the past that I've been to. I was at the J- the, the, the Jets game last year where uh, Zach Wilson threw four interceptions, and I was like, it's time to leave. This guy's first three passes were picks. 
We got to go. My guy, Dwight, out in Asbury Park. How you doing? Hey. Um, you got that, You had a guy who called in earlier by Mike White saying that he um, had a, had a, um, threw a couple of bad, threw a bad balls. There was two bad balls he threw. They were on slant routes, and both of them nearly got picked off. He tried to get cute, and they nearly made him pay for that um, the DB was on um, a guy, might, Eddie Jackson. I might put a bet on Patrick Peterson to pick him this week. It's going to happen. It's the NFL. They pick off Pat Mahomes. They pick off Josh Allen. They pick off Dak Prescott. It's going to happen. And, I mean, Zach Wilson, he should have had two picks in the last game against the Patriots. They dropped him. Yeah, because on, on those, that slant route that um um Wilson threw, the one that um um Mims dropped, I think if if Mims had a caught that in stride, he was in he was gonna go for a touchdown. Yeah, that's tough, man. I, I saw that play. He kinda like jumped and uh he didn't really need to jump, but yeah. I don't know. I'll also give Mike White the I, I'll give Mike White the pass on the fact that it was cold, windy, and rainy last Sunday. He had to battle the elements and he did. And he didn't come out there and say, Hey guys, you know it's windy as heck out there, like Zach Wilson did. I thought that was super weak. Like, after that Patriots game, he's like, yeah, guys, it was super windy out there. It was windy for Mac Jones, too. And Mac Jones completed 23 out of 27 passes. Like, you can't make those excuses. It's just super weak. Uh, Like Vernon said, the Jets got to train Zach Wilson on everything. Like, welcome to the NFL. We're going to treat you like a rookie again. We're going to train you on how to speak to the media. And then we're also going to retrain you on all of your mechanics and fundamentals playing the quarterback position. Yeah, hey, and all the drama you went um Brittany Griner going through. There was a young white girl that was over in Russia, and she did the same thing. And after two months, she's back over in the United States. Really? Yeah. Wow, I didn't hear anything about that. The Brittany Griner thing is a nightmare, though. I honestly was overseas. I was on my P's and Q's because I was like, I do not want to end up in a, in a Brittany Griner situation. Like, I'm not even about to get too drunk out here. Uh, somebody acting crazy, it's all good, because I don't want to be in custody out here. You know, and and another thing I was thinking about, too, you know, being American, I'm like, uh, around, you know, people are like, are you American? Oh, I love your American accent. Like, you come to another country as an American kind of feeling like you're protected, right? We're, we're from the greatest country in the world. I'm good out here. If something happens for me, the United States is coming to get me, right? Like, I'm an American citizen in foreign land. Like, I'm... I'm protected by the United States of America. Brittany Griner is not. And yes, she made her own mistake. Don't get me wrong, right? She should have double, triple checked her bag and make sure, she, like, like she wasn't a tourist. You were living in Russia playing basketball there. She should have known. But at this point, man, she's about to spend a year in jail over a pen. They like, I, I feel really bad about that situation. Like. You know, yes, you catching mad drama over there right yeah, now. Yeah, from the stuff. I mean, I don't, I don't know. They said they got her in a spot where she's in a living hell right now. I mean, and, and granted, she's big, like like a dude, like like a like six eight six nine or something like that. But like, she's a female. She's a woman. She's like, I don't know. They got like they got to figure that situation out. Me going overseas and and looking at things, I'm just like, this is this is terrible. This has got to end. They got to figure out how to get her back, but. It's not your. It's not your call, right? It's not on American soil. It's not on your terms. She made a mistake, and uh, she's paying for that. 
every day. It's a cautionary yeah. tale. Hey, um, I want to see um Mike White go up against New England if they get that far in the in the postseason. What do you think? I, they should have had Mike White ready to go for game two against New England, but it was tough to do that after Zach Wilson uh, was the winning quarterback in the game against the Bills. I honestly think the Patriots are cooked. I think later today you see the Bills going to New England and handle them. I think they have some issues with Mac Jones. There's rumors that Tom Brady could come back next year. I don't think we, we get a, a part three between the Jets and the Patriots this year. All right, man. I'll, I'll get with you later. Thanks for the call. Thank you for the call, Dwight. As we proceed, I'm trying to think on what I didn't hit on tonight. You know, it's funny. There's a there's a little a little Yachty song. I don't know if you guys listen to Lil Yachty. I kept singing out there. Lil Yachty's got a song called Walk, where he says, "I took the walk to Poland," and like. I was thinking about that too. Walk is uh, short for walks. I for, I forget Walkard or what. There's a there's a brand of promethazine cough syrup. Rappers drink promethazine cough syrup. Don't ask me. I don't do it. I didn't come up with it. It's like a thing. But I'm like, if he actually took the walk to Poland, he brought drugs into Poland. How? And he's made a song flexing about it. And Brittany Griner, all she had was a pen. Mistake. Also a mistake because from I remember seeing the video, I think she had a Black Lives Matter shirt on. And like I said, she's big. It's like, yeah, like I think I said something to my wife because I, I got double checked a bunch of times. Like going through uh, the search in Amsterdam, um, not even. I think we went to Gatwick International Airport to fly out to Amsterdam. They took my bag and double searched it. I'm like, I get it. I'm a 6'2 black dude with dreads in a foreign land. They're making sure I don't have weapons. They're making sure I don't have drugs or paraphernalia. I don't have anything. I'm not playing that game. Younger me used to play around a little bit. <laughs> Older me, I'm like, nah, I got too much to lose, and I'm not trying to get jammed up in a foreign country. Man, I was, I have what's called passport paranoia. The amount of times I checked for my passport, unlimited amount of times, always padding. Make sure I have my passport. Because you don't have your passport, you get trapped out there, you're beat. They would have been telling you on WFN, oh, where's Keith? He got he got <laughs> stuck in Poland. He took the walk to Poland. <laughs> All right, back to the phones, continuing the conversation. Uh, actually, we can break here. Yeah, let's take this break. And uh, Ryan, when we come back, we'll go to you. Keith McPherson on the fan. I got to break it down. I'll be right back. It's been a good first night back. Here's the last couple of minutes I have. I'm going through my notes. I'm like, do I have anything? I did have some Mets stuff I wanted to talk about with Nimmo, DeGrom, um, maybe Chris Bassett coming back to the Mets. I thought Mets fans were over him. Are the Mets interested in Andrew Heaney? Hopefully not. You don't want to do that. Take it from me. Jamison Tyone, that might be interesting. If Jamo's not coming back to the Yankees, I think I saw somewhere that Jamo's going to command more money. More money than I was expecting. Let me see if I can pull up the numbers on that. Um the report that I read had Jamison Tyone coming in at, let's see, oh, Mark Feinstein. Word is that Jamison Tyone has impressed teams during his free agent Zoom meetings. Tyone's market is gaining steam per sources. He's expected to, to command a deal worth more than four years, $56 million. 
the contract John Gray signed with Texas last year. I, I did not know J-Mo was looked at like that. He had a good year for the Yankees, but it wasn't exactly the year that I thought he was going to go out and break the bank. I don't think the Yankees are paying him that. So maybe somebody will get him. What else did I have out here? Uh, I mean, other than that, I saw the WFAN ratings for Boomer and Geo in the morning. Um, for uh, Carton and Roberts were good. Keep it going. Good stuff. I don't know. Other than that, I mean, the conversation is around Judge. And we're coming into winter meetings. So right now we're all speculating things. We'll have a lot more to talk about when we get there. My last call goes to Ryan in Long Island. Ryan, you're on the fin. Keith, how you doing, my man? Good, good. I meant to say on Long Island, but it's uh, it's getting late, and that's something I learned early in my WFAN career. Either way, Ryan on Long Island oh, on the fan. I, I need to differentiate between in Long Island versus on Long Island. Yeah, I just did, but it's so late, bro. I just was yawning. I was thinking about like, man, it's it it would be seven a.m. in London where I was. I'm like, I don't even know how I did the show tonight. Like, I'm I'm zombie. Respect, 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 <laughs> Keith. But I I need I need to know, Keith. When you were a child growing up, what was your favorite team growing up? All sports, all positions. What was your favorite position versus sport? The Yankees. Uh, when I was a, when I was a really little kid, like I, I played baseball first. Baseball was my first love before football. I remember showing up to football, and they said I was too light to play, so I ended up playing fall baseball uh, a year okay. before I even got started. The Yankees won the World Series. I, you know, okay, okay, but Keith, here's what we you just said it. Your favorite position and your favorite team was the Yankees. And you wanted to play center field. Wanted to play center field for the Yankees, like Bernie Williams. Yep. And and you know what? And I was a Mets fan. And no disrespect to you, but it doesn't matter if you're Bernie Williams for the Yankees. It doesn't matter if you're Kevin Degnan for the Irvington High School football team. It doesn't matter if you're Ryan for the Newfield High School Wolverines. Every single player for every single team wants to produce for their team. And Aaron Judge, Aaron Judge, he grew up a Giants fan. That is the exact reason why it doesn't matter if it's $300 million or if it's $320 million. Aaron Judge is going to sign for the team that he grew up rooting for. And you would not sign for less money for another team versus the New York Yankees. I would not sign for less money versus the New York Mets. What if it's the same what money? What if, what, if, what, if it's, what if it's the same deal? You think he still goes back to his, his home, his childhood roots, his, his uh, dream of playing for the Giants, or does he stay where he actually lived the dream, has become king of New York, won an MVP, broke the AL home run record? Does he stay in New York and become the next Yankees captain for the same amount of money? Instead of starting over dream, with a new team? You have to decide as a player. And yeah. you can't decide and I can't decide. What is I don't know. Work? That dream can become a nightmare. Who's over there in San Francisco that's going to help Judge get to this World Series that he wants so badly? He wants to but, be a champion. But but is the dream worth the payday? Or I, we, that's, is, that's the thing, Ryan. We don't know. I, like, the Yankees... I think this is a legit offer. I think this legitimately came from the Yankees' eight-year, three hundred million. What is 
the Giants offer right now? We don't we don't know that. Well, we don't we don't know that. We don't know that. But what I would say is, if any player that gets to this level, they have a dream. And yeah, the dream is associated dream. with the team they grew up rooting for. The dream can, can also become a nightmare. Them, Thanks for the call, Ryan. I got to go. There's not that much time. I mean, here's a perfect example. Devontae Adams wanted so badly to play for the Raiders. The Raiders suck. He goes back to play for the Raiders. Is that the dream that you thought you were going to have? No, it's a nightmare. Aaron Judge is the face of baseball, the face of the New York Yankees. The Yankees have to pay him and do right by him, and he's going to stay right here. He's already made it there. He's going to stay right here as long as they make him a fair offer and an offer that's more or the same as the San Francisco Giants. That's all I've got, folks. Thanks for rocking with me tonight. Uh, it wasn't a struggle. It was just uh, a little uh, challenging at times. You understand if you've ever traveled and uh, had to come back to work and all of that, which we all just did Monday to now. Keith McPherson on the fan. Thanks for rocking with me. Salicot is next. I'm out. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.